0: This episode of Homeschooling in Real Life is brought to you by Caroline's Coffee, roasted in the gold country of California. On this episode of Homeschooling in Real Life, we're talking about parenting with unrealistic expectations. You know, it doesn't matter if you're teaching your kid to read or how to tie their shoes or how to poop in the potty. Uh, When you parent with unrealistic expectations, it will lead to frustration and a sense of failure. So we invited Kathy Lee, she's a mom to many and a child development specialist, to have a discussion about unrealistic expectations with parenting. And one of the topics we discussed was first-time obedience. You know, this idea that rather than give your kids a choice, you just make the choice for them and you expect them to obey. We got into a funny discussion about cups and color choices, and Kathy Lee chimed right in.
1: It is the opposite. When we have the freedom to choose the purple cup with flowers, you know what? Then we, we have the chance to become who we were meant to be, not who the authorities determined we were meant to be, but we allow God to determine who we are meant to be because he put in us the love for a purple cup with flowers.
0: You know, we chose to have her on the show because we felt that she was a kindred spirit in many ways. And we knew this immediately when we looked at the antidote to parenting with unrealistic expectations. And she jumped in right away and agreed that the only antidote is to stop and remember to love your children, to parent them in love.
1: That is what we are called to do because over and over in scripture, what does Jesus do? He loves. He loves. And that's how people are transformed. They are drawn by love. They Absolutely. are never drawn. Now, there's correction along the way, of course. And but is Jesus doing that? Not us. We are not Jesus. Yeah. We are Amen. called
0: to love. You know, there's a lot more to this episode. And I want to encourage you to continue listening to the rest of Homeschooling in Real Life. Episode 103, Parenting with Unrealistic Expectations.
2: This is Homeschooling in Real Life.
1: Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. Join your hosts as they dive into difficult topics that you might not find covered at your local homeschooling convention. Veteran homeschooling parents Andy and Kendra Fletcher use humor, honesty, and grace to discuss just what it looks like to homeschool in real life. Fletch.
2: Welcome to Homeschooling in Real Life.
0: Wow, this is different this week. <laughs> this is Fletch.
2: And this is Kendra.
0: And we do want to welcome you to episode 103, Unrealistic Expectations. Throw down a sick beat, Kendra. Boop. Oh, yeah. me? <laughs>
2: Like See, I started it and I'm like, what was, am I doing? I don't. I'm so don't even that do was rap. so
0: fast that you just did it. That was awesome. It was, like it was a breach of boom, 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 clarity. Boom. I don't know. All right, so uh, welcome to this episode. I think as you heard on that intro, we have a smashingly fun guest this week. Absolutely. That we met in Indiana. Yeah. She came. She was sharing the wall with us. The the when I say <laughs> wall, wall, Yeah, the curtain basically. Yeah. <laughs> and we met her. We met her kids. We just had a great time getting to know. Her. We're like, we need to have you on the show. So we bumped it because that's how excited we were about this topic. But uh, let me tell you what's going on around the Fletcher House. Um, for those of you that follow the studio antics of me, because Kendra will like put up her nose and say this has nothing to do with me. Our studio I put up
2: my nose. Yes. They are clearly your children.
0: Okay, so we, the studio, you know, has, is it's in our home office, and there are pictures. It's right by the front door. And uh, we we have had a studio dog named Betty, the surf dog. And some of you follow her on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. You should. She lives an adventure. Uh, she is a, uh, I don't know what you call her, like a companion dog for Mighty Joe. So, as well,
2: my... that's how you justify her existence, yeah. okay. In our home. Okay. <laughs> so,
0: but you know, Mighty Joe, a lot of people will grow beyond him mentally. Yes, that's right. And he'll lose friends. And he'll still I mean, love that's the truth. But Betty yeah. will always be his friend. And then last week, what happened? <sighs>
2: some poor patient sob story they can't keep their dog and could you take our lab for us i got to adopt a little softy dog dog heart over here i got a dog home
0: purebred akc chocolate lab and so rasta the chocolate lab now lives with us why'd you
2: name her rasta I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if people don't know who Ro- what Rasta means, then you'll go look it up and then okay. you'll be totally bummed out with Fletch.
2: And here's the real story, though, because I, this is actually, to me, is a great illustration of how quick we are to judge. Her real name was Roxy, which we thought sounded like a stripper.
0: Yeah, I didn't like the name Roxy. <laughs> so we and thought,
2: I, but we had to keep something close to it, yeah. right? And so it
0: could have been Rox. It could have been anything, but Rasta. Rox. Yeah. Rasta's kind of Bob Marley. It's right in my wheelhouse. This is it's a sort of
2: kickback California and, that's and what this dog is. but we already had somebody say, why would you name your dog after that? Well, yeah. we didn't name our dog after that. We just didn't want her like, to sound I like I a don't stripper. Don't
0: believe in Rastafarianism. <laughs> it just sounds like a,
2: you just know, doesn't if you listen sound like a to Three
0: Little Birds, I'm going to link Three Little Birds. Okay. It'll be in here. I'm going to play okay. the music right. in this episode. <laughs> uh, you'll know what I mean by a very chill dog. So yeah, that's my big news. What about you? What do you have going on?
2: Well, I got to take our almost newly minted fifteen-year-old because she turns fifteen in two weeks um, to go see Newsies uh, over in San Jose, which is about a two-hour or an hour and a half from our home. And uh, the reason for that is that we have this little thing, me and my girls. That when they turn 10 and 15 and 20, I do something special with them. An overnight or somewhere or something like that. And she actually bypassed that because Newsies was going to be in our area. And could I please, could we just go do that, Mom? And so I was like, you betcha, we'll go do that instead. And so we went to see Newsies. But here's the thing. (laughs) This girl, she is our Broadway baby. She just loves everything Broadway. I think she's way more hip on the whole Broadway scene now than I am. And so we, like, you know, the the lights go down and the curtains go. And she's sitting next to me going, oh, my goodness, I'm going to cry. I'm just going to cry. Where are we? So then afterwards, can we go to the stage door? So we go find the stage door, and there is a line. And I am telling you a line of, like, 75 girls all lined up to meet these newsies. These Broadway stars come out of the door, you know, and these girls are just like selfies. And so I'm hanging back with like all the 40-year-old moms. And I just turned to the woman next to me and I said, you know, it could be some really yucky rock star. So she said amen to that, you know. So you, we choose our battles, right? We we decide what's important, I, what isn't. I now and feel
0: like I should put some Newsies music in. I don't yeah, know I, Newsies music. Seize the day, man. Maybe I'll ask... Caroline, I'm sure she could tell me. Uh, she Perfect. could sing it for you. Yeah. So
2: anyways, it was it was delightful to watch our little 15-year-old just kind of bubble up with excitement over this
0: Broadway show. Oh, that's show. fun. Super fun. <laughs> it's cute. Is there a lesson there? Is there something there like yeah,
2: again. I for me growing up, I was way way into the royal family, so I collected all things Princess Diana and everything. And my mom said the same thing like, "Heck, it beats, you know, teen beat magazine piles in her bedroom." Yeah. So <laughs> What was
0: my thing? What was I into? I was into the police. You surfed. Oh, you oh and the surfing. Oh, you know what I was into? Stray cats. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Let's uh for those of you that are, from dude, the you 80s, just dated yourself. I know. If anybody's there with me, feel free to write in or text me. No, I guess people don't text us; they tweet us or they Facebook us. Sure. Anything else? we went blueberry picking this week. That's something big in our area. It
2: is big in our area. We live in a, um in a pocket of. Central California that typically is too hot for that, but um, we have a marine layer coming in from the delta, and so we can grow blueberries here. And I took the kids, and we picked twenty five pounds. So it's been all blueberries all week long.
0: We're making homemade blueberry ice cream today. Yes, and then uh, we're cranking out the outdoor pizza oven this weekend and making pizza. This That's right. Be a I forgot food about
2: that. We we have phenomenon a phenomenon weekend. Girls who are in that hybrid homeschool high school situation, and they have a prom. And so they and all their friends are coming over for pizza, off on the back porch. Homemade blueberry ice cream. And, um, homemade blueberry. Wow! Ice cream and pictures with their dresses and their. You know, it's cute. So it's going to be fun.
0: And as we always like to do, we want to thank our newest patrons over at Patreon.com/slash/HomeschoolingIRL. Thank you, Doug, and thank you, Megan. Big donors, ten dollars a month. Thank you, know, you so much.
2: Really, that's so generous. And. You know, I would say, hey, we had, a, we had a one couple that said, we're so sorry we could only pledge a dollar. You guys, that's a generous pledge. Anything you, y'all are, are tossing our way to help us continue to do this? And here's the thing. I'm looking at the whiteboard, Fletch. We have episodes scheduled all the way into September. So we have a lot of great content coming up, and we so appreciate your support.
0: And we are almost halfway to our first goal. You know, our first goal was $300 a month in pledges, and we're almost halfway there. Why? Um, And I'm telling you, thank you so much, patrons, for doing this. Thank you for partnering with us. And for the rest of you who are considering becoming patrons, um, we're making a behind-the-scenes video footage for our patrons this week. We're going to send them a quick video message, and that is for our patrons. So thank you so much uh, for doing that. Let's get on with this show. All right, so this episode is brought to you by Caroline's Coffee up in the Grass Valley, California foothills of the gold country. Caroline's Coffee is a real place. It's an IRL, and uh, there are real people that run it, Uh, Trace and Holly Fike, and Trace's mom is Caroline. They have a big Diedrich's roaster. Now, the Diedrich family is also well-known in the coffee world. There used to be a place called Diedrich's Coffee in Orange County, and they sold out to Starbucks, and Starbucks gobbled them up and spit them out, and there is no <laughs> Diedrich's Coffee anymore. But there is Keen Coffee, and uh, the Diedrich family owns Keen Coffee, and they still sell these big roasters. Well, that's what Trace Fike uses when he roasts coffee. I mean, in the store, you can see the coffee spinning around the roaster. You can smell it roasting. And when I say he hand roasts it, he hand roasts it for me. When I say I like a, a, a light roast, a medium roast, that's what he does for me. So I get a pound of Caroline's coffee here. And when I'm drinking it, it is like heaven. you. We talk about discovering the glory of God in as many things as we can. Maybe it's a Broadway musical like Newsies. Maybe it's a brand new Chocolate Lab. But for me, a lot of times when I'm drinking good coffee, I see the glory of God on display. That that was a bean that was grown in the mountains, that was picked, that was dried, that was then roasted, that I grind and put hot water through and I taste something delicious. You don't have to be a coffee drinker, but just look at God's glory on display from start to finish. Is that am, am I waxing a little eloquently there? You are, not. but you're
2: a coffee guy, and coffee people like to wax. Okay, but, coffee
0: beans eloquently. But I'm talking about the glory of God, so that's a good
2: thing. Yeah, and actually, I think I find that really interesting. I'm not a coffee drinker, but uh, like just like when we have gone to breweries or other um, you know factory distilleries, tours like, Dist- yeah, it's thanks. really interesting the process. So yeah. thanks for sharing that.
0: Hey, so carolinescoffee.com. Thanks for sponsoring our podcast and our listeners. Please go support them. That's how you sponsor us as well. All right, we're back. And we were in Indiana a few weeks ago. We keep alluding to this big trip to Indiana. First trip we ever went to Indianapolis. You know, we survived the tornado. We got to ride on a racetrack, all these things. But we shared a curtain with Kathy H. Lee. And we say <laughs> it that way. What does that way. mean? We share a curtain. Well, she was the back. Our, our back wall was a curtain. And on yep. the other side of that curtain was Kathy booth, yeah. H. Lee. And she keeps telling me we have to do that because Kathy Lee. Could be like Kathy Lee Gifford, who would also be cool to have shared a wall with. (laughs) That would have been fun. But she came on and she was our speed from the beginning. You know, a lot of times when you go to homeschooling conventions, you can find a lot of old school homeschoolers that are um, super conservative, super worried, living in fear, living in um, pride. And we like to come into these environments and bring the gospel. You know, that we talk about hope shifting right and left, so we're talking about this. That was that was literally our topic, hope shifting. Mm-hmm. And she comes stumbling to our booth and says, "Now, what are y'all doing?" And from there, started a great conversation.
2: And I'm going to point out too that even if you're not one of those conservative homeschoolers, you can be a big gigantic hope shifter.
0: Yeah, you don't even have to be a homeschooler. <laughs> be me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, I, and that was
2: part of our conversation with Kathy Lee from the beginning. Was man. My kids need Jesus. Man, I need Jesus. Yeah. And so we got stuff. to
0: meet her. We got to meet her kids. She's from Atlanta, Georgia. We have some family there. So we we're talking back and forth. We got to meet a few of her adopted kids. They were just a swell group of people and a great family. She started throwing free stuff at us. Then she <laughs> sent us a bunch of free stuff. Yeah. You're going to hear about that at the end of this interview. But let's uh, head on into this interview with Kathy Lee. And uh, let's just get ready to have some fun.
2: Singing, don't worry.
0: You know, we are in the studio, and I was going to say we're really excited, but Kendra's been chastising me on that word, so I'm just going to say I am pleased as punch. I'm as happy as a Georgia hoppin'. Yeah, and the reason I'm saying that is because we have a guest with us. It's Kathy Lee, and you can find her on Kathy H. Lee. She told us to tell you that, because if you go to the other one, you'll hit uh, Kathy Gifford, which actually is not a bad place to go also. I'm sure that people would have fun there, Ken, right? Probably, yeah. So mm-hmm. it's KathyHLee.com, where she blogs, but she is also the co-owner of the Homegrown, Homegrown Preschooler, and it's she's an author of a play-based curriculum. Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast, Kathy. What's
1: up, you guys? How's California?
0: It's kicking butt, but I have a question for you right out of the gates. What is a play-based curriculum? That sounds like something I would love to have learned all through school.
1: Uh, I'm so glad you asked that question right off the bat. So that's exactly what it is. It is where you teach your children totally centered around play. What you're seeing in the U.S. is that we are abandoning play. Our children are not getting a childhood anymore. It's gone. We are putting worksheets. It seems like we're putting worksheets at the hospital, you know, in front of them. Welcome to um, the
0: world. Right.
1: Here you go. Fill out some forms. And I am a child development specialist, and I have managed child development centers. I have spoken to teachers for years who work with young children. And I am passionate, as passionate can be, about giving children their right to play. And play is purposeful. It is something that is great it is great for their brain it is great emotionally physically cognitively truly on every level play is what the brain needs for nourishment in those early years so that's what i did i decided enough i'm writing it
0: that's me i love playing (laughs) if i was in charge if i was in charge of all of our homeschooling they'd they'd actually get no actual work done
2: oh good we would do a lot of playing but kathy lee you're not talking about high schoolers are you
1: I do think that we should continue playing. I think that Fletch is exactly right. I think if we all had more play in our life, our work would be more effective. I am focusing on those early years because I think in those early years, the brain requires information to be taken in in a concrete way. And that is through our senses, most often done through play. Mud pies, climbing trees, digging in the creek, those kind of things that when I was little, maybe you guys, I'm probably a little older than you, we did it naturally. But kids are not doing that naturally today, so we need to be intentional about play. But absolutely, high schoolers, adults, we all need to play, Kendra. Let's go. All right. I'm in.
0: (laughs) So let me tell you this, uh, Kathy. This is what happens in our house frequently. We, We have three big boys, 23, 21, and almost 18 and a half. Then we have these three girls that are all girl. And then we had these two little boys that are nine and, what are they, nine and eight? Nine and eight. <laughs> yeah. Well, we just had <laughs> he birthdays. He just turned eight. Yeah, it yeah. Just, hey, it's okay. No, it's I, okay. Just, it's all good. We just had birthdays. I know. We celebrated Cinco, Cinco de Mayo. Though, so yeah. You, you know. Which is right after May the 4th be with you. So this kid's got like parties coming out his buns for the rest of his life. Okay. So this is what happens. These two little boys will come in and say, hey, dad, uh, do you have an umbrella? And do you have some rope? And do you have a way to make fire? And I, I was—the answer to that question is always no, because the fire part. But I think we've got the play thing down. We like so to—we like to have people adventure. We live out on on a ranch land out in California, and I like them to roam and go a couple farms over if they can.
2: But that's not what Kathy's seeing around the country, is it?
0: No, that's not what that is know. not
1: what I'm seeing around the country. I am seeing parents who are pushing their children. Um, worried that if they don't start early, that their child will be behind. Literally, I have parents come to me and say, how do I get my four-year-old reading? What is wrong with my three-year-old? They're not potty trained yet. When do I start phonics? I mean, it is this um, anxiousness like I've never seen before.
0: So that is the Homegrown Preschooler, and there's the curriculum there that you authored, and and we'll talk again at the end how people can find you there. But there's also the blog aspect of you, and you introduced yourself as a hot mess from Atlanta. That's how I think you walked (laughs) up to our booth in Indiana when we met you.
1: Thought I might as well just put it out there because you would have figured it out soon enough.
0: So if if people go to the blog, they're going to find this other other part of you that's – equally as fun and exciting. And that's what we met. And when we talked to you at our booth, one of the things that came up was uh perfectionist parents. And we both agreed uh that we see this happening. And that's what we decided we want to talk to you about today. So perfectionist parents, uh Kathy, what are you seeing and what did you bring up with us? Just let's let's just lay the groundwork and then we'll dig into it.
1: Wow, you know I'm traveling a lot right now. It's homeschool convention season. I do a lot of speaking at women's conferences and homeschool conferences. And so men and women are coming up to me right and left saying things such as, I was a very obedient child. And now I have this free spirit that is not obedient. What do I do? I have moms calling me from closets crying because they don't even like their children. They are struggling with it at that level because their child is not being obedient and they themselves were obedient children. It's difficult for them. I mean it's just and they have nowhere to go to be authentic and real because again, they were the perfect child and they are feel they are a failure if they do not raise the perfect child.
0: So if we're throwing names down, these are like I mean what I'm hearing is these are growing kids God's way kids that have now grown up, and they're not getting the first-time obedience out of their kids.
1: That first-time obedience, first-time obedience. And what I tried to stress to these parents is from the get-go, it is a heart issue. Over and over and over, we see people in society that outwardly put on the front that they have it all together, and their hearts are dark, Mm -hmm. and their decisions are dark, but often behind closed doors. And what I want is I want to raise children that are intrinsically motivated to please one person, and that's God. And then, because themselves, they understand that my actions have consequences. Bottom line, that's it. What I choose to do is going to affect someone else. I choose to be kind. That's going to affect someone. I choose to steal. That's going to affect someone. That is how I approach parenting. Now, the other thing I say is, the minute I'm perfect, that's when I expect perfection for my kids. (laughs) Guess what, Kendra and Fletch? I'm far, 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 far from perfect. And that allows me to give grace to my children every single day and in turn, ask for grace from them with my imperfect parenting.
2: Yeah, I think it takes a whole lot of grace to be one of my kids <laughs> because, yeah. you know, I, and and we lived, we have this background. I don't know if we talked about this in, um, at, at the convention, but our background was us trying to be Jesus to our kids. And I think that's the other trap here is that when we are these "Quote unquote," perfect parents who never communicate to our kids that we struggle with sin, who you know communicate that it's all about obedience, 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 obedience. Then our kids don't need Jesus because we've stepped into that role. Exactly.
1: And I don't know about you, but I went through this phase where I thought if I controlled every area of their life, they would turn out to be these beautiful children and adults. <laughs> right. And I wouldn't let them watch certain shows, and I focused on the actions and and what I could control. And when I I gave up that control and just trusted that God was bigger than my imperfect parenting. Mm. That's when I was going to raise beautiful adults.
0: Yeah. So I need to jump in here because there's a lot of parents that are listening to homeschooling in real life and they still come from the perspective that they can govern and shepherd these kids into perfection. And what we've seen are firstborns, um, a, a lot of firstborns who are abandoning ship and they're saying, I'm done with the rules. I'm done with this perfection, and so they bail. Well, this plays right into the problem. It's like these parents were already operating out of fear. They want their kids to be perfect because it's a reflection of them. Mm -hmm. And now this firstborn is bailing, and the whole system is failing. So wouldn't it be great to go back into reverse and say, you know what? You never were in control and just relax a little bit.
1: So I learned this lesson really early in, in my parenting. Um, my, the child I first parented, and I say it that way because a lot of my children are adopted, and we adopted out of birth order, so it's all mis, mixed up. But he was five, and we had just joined our first homeschool group. And we were at a pool party you know, before the next year. Literally, it's our first event and he does not want to leave the event when i tell him it's time to go and i'm given the warning i'm doing all the good parenting things he looks up in front of all these homeschool moms who of course had it all together he says well this just sucks <laughs> 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 and so i was kind of thrusted into imperfect grace filled parenting right in front of everyone and that was probably the best thing that ever happened to me to be honest for me to just realize right that 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 was the best way to approach this just to he's going to be imperfect. It was not a direct reflection on me, even though at the moment I sure felt it was, and my face was bright red and I ducked away quietly to the car.
0: (laughs) Well, let's think of this homeschooling parent that might be listening to this show saying, all right, so I've got these four and two year olds and they're not getting this obedience thing down and they're not following me in first time obedience. Kendra, Kathy, what do you say specifically to these moms? you
2: go.
1: Okay. I think number one, don't take it so seriously. Be lighthearted. For example, um, four-year-olds, they're going to talk about poop and they're going to talk about their bodies. That's what we know as child development people that four-year-olds do. They're figuring out life. They're trying to figure out who they are. So instead of freaking out when they say poopy butt and sending them to a timeout and, you know, deciding that they must stay there until they can how about we just be lighthearted and say, you know what? There's no poop on my butt. A bathroom, I wiped. it's all good. <laughs> and be done with it. And that diffuses the situation. Often if we would just be lighthearted and diffuse the situation, our children will move on. But it's because we major on the yeah. minors over and over and over. When something is really major, they tune us out. That would be number one.
0: Kendra, you're right in the middle of poopy butt conversation on a regular day-to-day basis.
1: <laughs> well, yes.
2: I don't know if if Kathy knows this. Our, our little eight-year-old is actually more of a five-year-old mentally. And so mm-hmm. he just continues to have those wonderful conversations. Um, and I totally agree with you. And actually, just this morning, as I was taking him to his little school, he was talking non— stop, you know, and, uh, questioning me, stupid things, nonstop, stupid, stupid questions, <laughs> like five-year-old, you know, mommy, why this? And mommy, blah, blah. and I finally just said, Joe, stop talking. Just stop. Let's just be quiet all the way to school. That's all it took. There wasn't a, you know, there was not like a big moral lesson. I didn't have to pull out the 10 commandments about, you know, I didn't have to play the children right of your parents trump card. It was just, Hey Joe, we're going to be quiet now.
1: <laughs> That's it. Diffuse it great. or walk away. It's a great point. Diffuse it and be clear. Just be clear. So many times we want to turn it into a you know three-day lecture. Right. It doesn't always have to be a three-day lecture. It can just be end, end, we're done. The other thing is just to give them choices. Again, we want to raise children who become adults who can make good choices. But a lot of times we are so obsessed with the control because we're the yep. authority. And God says we must be the authority. And we usually get in this voice when we do it. But if we would just say, hey, buddy, it's time to get dressed. You can wear the red shirt or the blue shirt. And if they pitch a fit, you repeat, buddy, time to get dressed. Red shirt, blue shirt, your choice. Pick. Keep it simple. Keep it short. End of discussion. And so many times they will go, okay, I have a real choice here. They'll pick one and they'll move on. It won't turn into this big deal. But we're the authority. It's going to be the red shirt only because red who really cares what our kids wear? I don't care. Maybe <laughs> I cared with the first one. I don't care at number 10.
2: Well, and it's funny you bring that up because there, I mean, if we're going to pick on something that growing kids curriculum and probably others taught that specifically about cups. Do you remember that? It was like, uh, don't let your child pick up, you know, don't just tell them uh, you're going to have the blue cup. And at some point, you know, in my, my parenting of reality, it occurred to me, who cares what color cup this is not indicative of how they're going to obey God as adults. So not let's only just, that, let them pick the cup and move on.
1: I have to tell you as a child development specialist, if we're being really raw and honest, the minute that curriculum came out, my heart sank. My heart sank because we put on these kids such pressure. And we put on these kids just what you said, that because of a cup choice their relationship with God would be determined. Yeah. And it is so much the opposite. It is the opposite. When we have the freedom to choose the purple cup with flowers, you know what? Then we we have the chance to become who we were meant to be, not who the authorities determined we were meant to be, but we allow God to determine who we are meant to be because he put in us the love for a purple cup with flowers. Yeah,
2: right.
0: I need to uh, take a quick break here, and uh, we'll be right back with Kathy H., All right, Kendra, so you know we are not alone in doing these podcasts. We're part of a network at the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, and we want to tell you about a brand-new podcast that just came out on the network. It is called the Homeschool High School Podcast, and uh, this is with Vicki Tillman and Sabrina Justison from 7sistershomeschool.com. This is all about the how-tos on homeschooling through the high school years.
2: Well, I'll tell you, when our oldest became a high schooler that summer and maybe probably the whole year before when he was in eighth grade, I was freaking out because suddenly I felt like, oh no, school now is going to matter. And if I don't do this right, he's not going to be able to do what he wants to do in life. Those high school years are really scary.
0: Yeah. Now this podcast is going over the you can do it skills for homeschooling high school years. Uh, the how-tos that help you plan through the school years. Uh, tips to build your confidence. You know, I know there's a lot of moms that hit in high school and go, eh, I don't know if I can do high school oh, with these kids. Oh, I'm telling you,
2: I wish I'd had this podcast to listen to back then.
0: Um, how about how to create a transcript for your teenagers? Yeah. They'll cover that. Um, and then just how to guide your teen uh, through college and life preparation. So great new homeschool podcast. We want you to check them out. They're on our network. It's the ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, and you can find them at ultimateradioshow.com. Look for the Homeschool High School Podcast. This is Mindy Joe. You are listening to Fetch and Kendra on Homeschooling IIO. Thanks for listening.
2: Welcome back. <clears throat> we're talking with Kathy Lee of the Homegrown Preschool, and Kathy, we were talking a little bit um, at the break about expectations, and I think This is maybe a light bulb moment for some parents. I hope it is. Um, And I would say (laughs) the expectations thing is, is what we pin our relationships with our kids on. And it can be such a beautiful thing or it can be such a deal killer.
1: Kendra, you are so right. And there's something I often say when I'm talking to parents and it is expectations destroy relationships. And that definitely applies to the parent child relationship. I know you have grown children just as I do, and I want those kids to want to still come home. I, I don't want them saying, woohoo, I am out of here and never to see your place again. I want them to say, my mom cared more about the relationship than she did about the expectation. And I'm guilty. I'll I'll be the first to tell you, I'm guilty. And my kids will say, I feel like I'm never, it's never good enough. Mm -hmm. And boy, that is like a dagger into my heart. I never want that to be how they feel. And so I'm always looking in the mirror, always saying, how can I do this better? How can I do this differently? Because at the end of the day, it is, I want to nurture their soul more than I want them to follow and obey my expectations.
0: So we have parents that are probably listening saying, oh, man, I screwed it up. You know, my firstborn, they want nothing to do with us. Um, What's the recovery here, ladies?
1: Grace. I just go back to grace. And I know you guys say it all the time and you're going to laugh. But last year I decided to tattoo it on my arm. Fearless grace Um, because I wanted to extend that to myself I wanted to be fearless about the grace I give myself. I wanted to be fearless about the grace I gave my children and uh, be fearless about asking for people to give me grace because I need it often, and I remember talking to a, an adult child who had been homeschooled and asked her, you know, what made the difference for you? What, you know, why do you still have a strong relationship with your parents? And she said, you know what? They messed up and they messed up a lot, but they always asked for forgiveness. And what's amazing? Our kids are most often willing to give it. I'm always amazed at how quickly they're willing to give us grace. So for me, I go back to that. I just honest, humbly. Asking my kids for forgiveness, even if they're grown and gone.
0: Yeah. And we, I I find that we spend a lot of time admitting our failures (laughs) and admitting what we did and saying, you know, God, we were wrong in how we did that. We, in our firstborn, especially, I think that, that idea that, um, you know, I could never do anything right. He's, he's voiced that to us Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's humbling. I
2: remember he was about 12 and he said those exact words to me and it just crushed me. Um, I realized we were on a really wrong trajectory. Um, But, you know, there's a couple things here that come to mind with what you said. One is that, just this week, I heard this from an adult uh, ch- uh, an adult who's homeschooled um, and is, has her own children now and just said, if my parents could only apologize. They keep making excuses. They keep justifying why they did what they did. They keep saying, well, why don't you ever tell us what we did right? Instead of just saying, wow, you guys, I'm sorry. And they've destroyed every relationship with every one of their adult children. And just that one thing, this friend says, if, if they could just come to a humble position of realizing they did not do everything correctly and they could just say, we're sorry. It, it would begin to repair and to heal those places. And then if there could be honest conversation after that, you know, that it would just heal all of these relationships, but they can't, those parents can't get there. So that's, that's one thing that I think is so damaging to our relationships with our
1: kids. And it's never too late. And I don't know about you, but I've seen in all types of relationships, if someone is willing to humbly ask for forgiveness, rarely does the other person go, i oh, so sorry, too late, out of here, not happening." Now they might not immediately, uh, you know, offer that forgiveness, but eventually their hearts are tender and their hearts become um, softened to that because they see that humility. And so for us as parents, we have to be willing to be humble. We have to be willing to get off of our pride horse and just get before our children as human beings, as sinners, and say, hey, I'm imperfect, and I need grace from you, and I am seeking that from you, and I'm going to extend that to you as well. I think it, it goes so far. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Absolutely. And part partnered with that for us has been um, just this idea of loving these kids at any age um but our young adults uh, and our teenagers just just love them where they are because i want a bridge for them to walk back over you know mm. i want them to say oh, I don't agree with you here, or I don't, you know, or I'm just going to walk away here. Or I'm really struggling with God's love for me here, which is what one of ours recently said. And I don't want to destroy and burn up that bridge so that they never want to come back over it and have more conversation with us. I want, to th- I want the privilege of continuing to point them to Jesus.
1: Well, and I think the other thing I say to parents all the time, look, here's the deal. Our kids learn so much more by what we show them than what we say to them. Mm-hmm. And how we treat the server at the restaurant, how we react at the red light, how we, you know, talk about a friend, they are watching. And we need to be reminded that those are the most powerful lessons we give them, to be honest. And so often, if I see a behavior pop up in my kids that I don't necessarily like, it will cause me to look in the mirror. And for example, Mm -hmm. sarcasm. I tend to be a little sarcastic, thought I was funny. But when I saw it in my child, when he began to be sarcastic, it didn't look so cute. Mm. And it caused me to look in the mirror and realize it didn't look so cute on me either. And I was teaching him um, sarcasm, and then I was getting upset at him for being sarcastic. (laughs) Yeah. So we have to remember our actions truly, truly, truly do say volumes to these children.
0: You know, Kathy, you can just shut up right now, okay? I'm I'm not being sarcastic. I am the sarcastic sword wielder in this house and uh i can agree with everything you just said um i still like to justify it and say i have a fine art of sarcasm that's (laughs) well well played as opposed to just stabbing but sarcasm in fact means the rendering of flesh you know that's that's part of what that word means and uh you know this this tearing of flesh Mm
2: -hmm. when you're being
0: sarcastic and i've had to call myself on that and with some of our kids say you know what let's just,
2: let's reel it in. Let's,
0: let's reel it way <laughs> yeah. in and I'll reel it. I'll lead. I will lead this path. So, um, all right. So we have, um, we've talked a little bit about this, uh, these parents dealing with pride, feeling like failure. Um, and I think we've, we've offered a lot of words of grace. I have a, another kind of more personal question to what you've been seeing. Um, as far as seeing women versus men, um, are, are you seeing a lot of, Guys at these events, uh, homeschooling events, and I know you talk to a lot of women's groups. But um, are you seeing this kind of hand in hand, or is this mostly moms you're talking to, Kathy?
1: Believe it or not, I am seeing a lot of men. After I speak, um, the numbers are starting to increase rapidly. The men lining up to talk to me just a couple weeks ago. Actually, it was at the event we were together. This big football player died. I mean, massive dude is standing before me crying. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, what is happening? And I'm like, all in listening. I'm like, what is going on? How can I help? He said, you know, my four-year-old, she will not poop in the body. <laughs> and, and, you know, but I get it, you know, it was their first child. And yeah. for them, it meant something was wrong because mm. we are told by three children must be potty trained. And again, I was lighthearted, but trying to understand, I said, Hey, buddy, two things. Number one, don't, can you understand for a minute? That's a big, ugly thing trying to come out and they're flushing it away and it's a little freaky. So <laughs> you got to get at their level and understand. And number two, I've never sent a kid off to college in diapers. At some point she is going to get it and have grace, but it goes back to the growing kids God's way. I recall a friend of mine who was using this curriculum and taught it actually. And their child, who was also around that age, had an accident. And they made their child get in the bathtub with poop smeared all over their body and wash their body clean Hmm. themselves and then clean the toilet and clean everything. And the shame that had to be associated with that was disheartening. And so I want us to remember never to shame our children in parenting. And that is not going to get them where they need to be. They are worthy of love and they are worthy of making mistakes and being forgiven. And is really pooping in the diaper a mistake anyway? I mean, really is it? It's just a developmental stage that they have not reached yet. And so I was able to comfort this dad and. But it was for him, his heart was heavy. His heart was heavy. And um, I see it all the time. Men coming up to me worried that they are not going to raise these successful children. Yeah. So, yeah, I see men just as much as women these days. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Kathy, thank you so much for this conversation. I think, um, this, this is a huge, huge blessing to so many people listening to the podcast. Um, just the encouragement to live authentically before our kids and to point them to Jesus as always. Um, and to, you know, just pour out grace and love over these kids.
1: It was a pleasure to be here. Um, Thanks so much. I appreciate your honesty. Wow, you are making a difference, a real difference in the lives of so many families.
2: Thanks for being here, and we would love to have you back. But before we close up, can you tell our listeners where they can find you?
1: Absolutely. Two places, thehomegrownpreschooler.com, any social media outlet, you can find us at the Homegrown Preschooler. Also, where I blog a little more authentically about motherhood and the hot mess that I live out each day is com. Again, on social media, it's Kathy H. Lee.
0: Before we let her go, we have some giveaways to do as well. Yes, we do. We have a curriculum package, Kathy, that we're going to be handing out to our listeners. Kendra, how do you want to do this? you want to do a raffle copter this time?
2: So we're going to put this up on the website as a rafflecopter entry, which is super simple. All you have to do is go to homeschoolingirl.com and look up the most recent episode. We'll pin it right there at the top. And you can enter to win an entire preschool package from the Homegrown Preschooler.
0: And for this week that this episode is up, uh, Kathy has graciously offered a 10% discount to our listeners. And there's a code, HIRL10, so hurl 10 and for the week that this episode is up, uh, anything on the website, you can get a 10% discount. That's awesome, Kathy. You you rocked it.
1: <laughs> well, I think you guys rock it. I'm just trying to follow your lead.
0: All right. Well, we want to bring you back for multiple more episodes because I think we can talk about anything with you. I have a feeling you're one of those guests where we could dive down any rabbit hole and come up smiling. So uh... – <laughs> We would we would like to have the opportunity to bring you back. So thanks again for being on Homeschooling in Real Life, and uh, thanks for all that you are doing uh, for our listeners this week.
1: Oh, it was my pleasure. I look forward to hanging out with you guys again soon.
0: Now is the time to seize the day. All right, Kenj, we are going to have Kathy Lee back on the show again. There's so I have a feeling we could go down any tricky topic, and she'd be like, I'm up for it.
2: <laughs> I think she would. Yeah,
0: so she, she is a little bit of a spark plug out of Atlanta, Georgia, and we are so thankful she was on this show today. Now, we may have said some things that irritated you. We may have said some things that you just go, yes, praise the Lord, amen, I'm on the same page. Um, we want to hear from you. This is how you can do it. You can email us, info at homeschoolingirl.com, uh, facebook.com slash homeschooling or you can tweet to us at homeschoolirl. Um, Kendra, one of the big ways people can support us is doing one of two things. What's the first thing?
2: The first thing would be to go to iTunes. Super easy. We've got a link right there in the podcast show notes for you to click over to iTunes and give us a five-star review.
0: And leave us some words. We really like to hear how we're doing and, uh, just tell us, you know, what, what is this show doing? Let, can I, can I make a little uh, blurb here? Of course. The podcast. leading podcast in our net in our um, category for K through twelve education is the thinking atheist now you go on to uh, iTunes podcast you look up education that 's going to be the first one that pops up i 'm going to let you people in on a little secret. I listen to his show not because i 'm an atheist but because I want to know what he 's saying and what is drawing so many people in the k through twelve education podcast to his show. You know, we'd love to be number one because we'd love to bring more freedom, more grace, more gospel, um, more hope to not just homeschooling families, but people in general. We can do that if you leave reviews, if you subscribe to our show. So take Kendra's advice, head on over there and do that. Now, what's the second thing they could do to support our podcast? The
2: second thing is to go to com slash homeschooling and become one of our patrons. It's for a couple of dollars a month, you can support homeschooling in real life. We are so thankful for every dollar that has been pledged to support the homeschooling in real life podcast. We have many more episodes coming up that we hope will unlock doors for you in your homeschool to freedom in Jesus and great moments of grace and love in your homeschool.
0: Thank you so much to our patrons who've already supported us. Uh, we love it. and We love to do behind the scenes stuff for you. We love to provide special things for you, and uh, we even have signing bonuses. You know, For some of these people that have been donating (laughs) a lot, we we send them mugs, we send them coffee, we send them just some homeschooling and real-life swag, so thanks so much. Hey, next week, we have another fantastic show planned, When Dad Homeschools. Now, we're answering a question that a listener wrote in saying, Hey, we're not typical. Mom is the breadwinner. Dad stays at home. Can you guys do a show about that? So we're interviewing uh, two great homeschooling dads, and, and we look forward to bringing you that episode.
2: Thanks for listening to Homeschooling in Real Life.
0: Dogs, say goodbye.
1: Hey, this is Kathy Lee. You've been listening to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Everything on this show is written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. You can find out more about this show at homeschoolingirl.com or by searching for them wherever you download your podcast. Remember, you've only got 6,574 days until those little ones reach 18. Whatever you do, make it count.